welcome to the Nitty Gritty Review Podcast. I am Rachel, and today I have with me here a special guest co-host, M. Hello. And today we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the cult classic, Night of the Living Dead. I'm pretty excited to delve into this one. I think there's going to be some interesting conversations to be had. <laughs> so before we... We delve into the grid and start talking about what works and what doesn't with this movie. Um, let's just talk a little bit about um, our expectations going into this movie or uh, how many times we had seen it before today would probably be a, a good place to start. Uh, so is there anything you want to say on that front? Or Oh, my. So I was first, I was certain that I had seen a George Romero movie before. Just because when I got into horror movies, like in the, I don't know, around like 2000, when all those lists started coming out, everyone talked about him. And I was like, oh, this is a movie to see, or at least one of his many. And apparently, no, zero. Yeah, I, this was my first as well. Like I knew, like, I know that name. I know that it established this genre pretty well. That Exactly, yeah. Just in horror in general, like, that's a big name and yeah i don't know how that one slipped through the cracks <laughs> yeah because we both were into horror movies at about the same time for in, sure in fact i think you got me into horror movies i'm in sorry <laughs> <laughs> but we watched a, a decent amount of horror movies together yeah. and and never never any of his let alone yeah. the one that started it all we did like watch we watched a decent amount of sub-decent movies though <laughs> that That's, may have that's true. We did enjoy the bad horror movies. Uh-huh. If it had no budget and took place in the woods and had a clown. True. <laughs> Those were the requirements. This movie is one clown short. <laughs> I guess farm isn't quite the same as the forest, but it's practically the same for genre purposes. I concur. Yeah, I do think, especially, like, once I started getting, getting a little bit more into like classic movies and like filmmaking like in the later years of high school like I was still into horror and then I was also into like you know expanding my horizons with movies and I got really into like you know like Rosemary's Baby The Exorcist like all those like 70s classic horror movies absolutely and, and just never quite dipped a couple years back although we'll get more into this a little bit later Rosemary's Baby came out the same year as this movie which kind of blows my mind really a bit. yeah Okay, I'm I'm more comfortable with the way I rated this. That then. was that was kind of <laughs> how I looked at it because I was I was trying to. Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I will just give a blanket statement at the top that like I really you know just so I'm not repeating myself in all the categories. I was really trying my hardest to to watch this movie, keeping the time frame of like okay, this was 1968, and nothing like this had ever been made before. But that said, there's still some low low scores in here that I just those two things weren't enough to forgive. Some I won't say what things, but there there's things. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to those. I, I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I kept having to remind myself too of like this came out in like the late sixties and like listed off a bunch of other movies that I know came out before this or around the same time or even like decades before and being like Okay. So, like, it's a different genre. It's totally different in what Romero was doing. But I'm also like, well, there's... That that explanation only goes so far for certain things. Exactly. Like, I love horror movies. I love 
all budget horror movies. Yeah. And I can appreciate them, but there's also things like that, that are do have to acknowledge. <laughs> Absolutely. So on that note, should we should we delve into the grid and start acknowledging some of those things? I would rather just spend another hour just talking very ambiguously. <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess on that note, we shall dive into the grid. If you insist. So, so spoiler alert for anybody <laughs> out there. <laughs> All right. So the first category of the grid is um, pretty easily my strongest category for the most part. Um, I'm going to say it right off the bat. And that's going to be writing, plot, and genre. I mean, easily, we, we hinted at it quite a bit in that lengthy introduction. But the, uh, there's definitely a lot to say about genre with this movie. And I think it's important... Because I did do a little bit of research while we were watching the movie, which was my bad, but, eh, you know. Um, so there was time. There was time. The, it, I guess I got some to pace. There, there were a few spots where I was like, I feel okay looking away for a second. I'm still listening. I'm still paying attention, but I'm going to multitask here. <laughs> um, but as far as genre, so we have... I mean, I mean, horror movies, I don't think a lot of people realize that horror movies have been around since, like, the late 1800s. Like, as, as long as there have been horror, or as long as there have been movies, there have been horror movies. Like, it's not that new of a thing. It's not a new thing at all. Uh, it's, you know, it's there have always been horror movies. Absolutely. But there's been, like, this, this evolution where, like, in the 30s and 40s, you had, like, the... Like Paramount was Paramount, right? Or was it Universal? I always get them mixed up. Um, but the monster, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, yes, all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had the, the monster movie era. Then in the fifties and sixties, you have like Cold War era paranoia films. Then like nineteen sixty, you have Psycho, which is largely considered to be the birth of the slasher film. Although that didn't really start getting going until the seventies. And then you have sixty eight, which is Rosemary's Baby. And Night of the Living Dead. And then, like, from there, I don't know, just everything changed. And I do think it's interesting, as because, I mean, obviously, like you said at the beginning, this, I mean, this established the zombies genre. This was the first zombie movie. He, George Romero created this genre out of nothing. This is just his brain. But, you know, so, so even though you have this introducing so many different tropes and so many different ideas and, and a whole subgenre... You also have things that are very reminiscent of, like, the, especially, like, the 50s paranoia horror movie. Like, it, it almost has, like, a, a War of the Worlds feel, where it's, like, this foreign thing Absolutely, is coming yeah. to Earth. You've got all the newscasts. You've got these people holed up, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, that whole, it felt like 40 minutes of explaining yeah. the, what was it, the Venus... Explorer. I, I'm I'm gonna admit I zoned out during that whole thing. Something with radiation. The Venus and, probe. Yeah. And radiation and wow, that that was a lot of explanations that didn't need to happen. Yeah, I'm so glad the zombie genre has has steered away from trying to explain the source. Now it's just like, oh, it's a virus or something. And, and that's totally cool for, like, every zombie movie. I mean, some you've got, like, 28 Days Later, where it's like, okay, here's kind of a little bit more of an origin, but you don't need much. You don't need exactly. that. And I kept trying to remind myself, I'm like, we had never seen this before, so, like... But, but then we had had, like, 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We've had alien movies. We had monster movies with mutations. And like that was all of like 50s sci-fi was either, you know, invasions of some sort, because Cold War paranoia, or mutations of some sort, as of like, you know, paranoia from all of like nuclear technology and, you know, the fallout from the war and things like that. Like it was those two sources of paranoia. I guess they're actually tied. I guess it's all the same. Cold War, we're afraid of nuclear war. But, you know. <laughs> I felt like they had already explained what was going on. Yeah. And I felt that was perfect. That the, the bit they heard over the radio. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's all we need. And then this happened. And I'm like, the, yeah. The, the, the news show. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, the radio was great. And then once they got the TV out, it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> It was also distracting because the way that they had superimposed that image onto the TV. Oh, yeah. It didn't quite match the shape of the TV itself. (laughs) I noticed that. That was another point where I'm like, this was 68 and super, super low budget. But I'm like, even on a low budget, I feel like it could have been better. Yeah. Or at least, like, (sighs) blur the edges. Something. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) So what was your, what was your lowest score within this category? The reason I'm asking, I have one that's that's way lower than everything and one that's way higher than everything. Mine pretty much are all between like five and seven. And I have okay. an outlier. Okay. But the lowest is world building exposition at a five. Okay. Because I was happy with basically all the world building exposition, except for as far as the plot's concerned. <laughs> Characters is a different story. Yeah, we'll get into that in the next category. (laughs) But like exactly what we just said. Once the TV turned on, the exposition just got out of control and took us out of that claustrophobic environment. And I'm like, I don't want to see Sunny Day or like whatever's happening. Like, show it. Keep us, you know, in the middle of the night and like dark and in this confined space. Because it just, I don't know, it, it, it broke the vibe that it had built so well up to that point. And it just also wasn't the best acting in those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But only a five. That's yeah. how far it got knocked down. So like it, it didn't ruin it too much for me. That's, that was pretty much my thought as well. I gave it a six for pretty much all those same reasons. Like I loved all of the exposition, especially considering like we had never seen... Well, we didn't know what zombies were. I guess we still didn't say they're even called zombies in this movie. But, like, we didn't know what these things were. And they perfectly established it. Like, oh, the dead come to life. They eat the living. Shoot them in the head or burn them. Anyone who dies, no matter the cause, come by. Like, they covered a lot really well. And then that one scene, it's like, oh, my God, we get it. Yeah, I don't understand, like, why they had to get the TV. Yeah. Because the radio is doing just fine. And it kept the attention on the characters as opposed to like now we're in this weird other with other characters or whatever. Like, yeah, it would have kept the budget down quite a bit between having all those other actors and other set. The editing, I'm sure that was expensive back in the day because it's not like they had digital editing to do that quickly. That's like overlay film and crazy stuff like that had to have been expensive and time consuming. Just keep the radio. Exactly. All right. Was that your lowest? That was my lowest. All right. I had I had one that was quite a well, not quite a bit lower. I gave pace a four point five. There were a lot of moments, especially in the first acts, where it was just like, oh boy, come on, is something gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. I had a problem with the pace. It. Yeah, I kept 
waiting for like, I thought there was like a false start in the movie where Barbara and Johnny were both going to be killed. And then uh-huh. it was going to like be like blank weeks later or something. But I'm like, oh, we're sticking with her. Yeah. Oh, was... no. Now I like Johnny. Why couldn't they have killed Barbara and left us with Johnny? Yeah, I don't have any complaints with that. Yeah. So anything like specific, like any specific scenes that you were just like... I mean, I really think it comes back to Barbara. Like, she was just the worst. And there were so many... It was really... I think it was just kind of a slow burn movie, but not in a good way. Like, I like a good slow movie, but this was like a a bad slow start. And I think a lot of it does come with knowing the genre, knowing the tropes, knowing what to expect. So I tried not to be too hard on it. So I'm like, this was brand new. But that first act especially was, was re- like, once once all seven people were established, I feel like it was, like, all uphill from there. And the last act, I loved. Mm-hmm. I really liked. Like, once, you know, the, the kid turns into a zombie and then, like, everyone's dropping one by one. And then, like, and I love the ending. I'm getting way off topic, off of pace. But, like... That's all connected. Yeah. So, like, I, it gets better. But the first, when it was just Ben and Barbara... Because even the scenes when it was Barbara and Johnny, like, it was slow. And it's kind of like, okay, when's the zombies going to, when are the zombies going to get here? But they had, like, not chemistry because they were brother and sister. But, I mean, I guess chemistry, just not romantic. Like, they just had a... The actors had chemistry, maybe? Yeah, there was just a a good relationship there where it's like, oh, okay, I get, you know, he's talking about childhood memories. And, you know, they're joking with each other. And, like, they just had a good... A good vibe. I liked their scenes together. And then Johnny dies and Barbara turns into an idiot and just she's running everywhere, falling everywhere, screaming constantly. Like, I get it. It's a zombie apocalypse. You're going to freak out. But like everyone else seemed to be handling it better. And she's just like literally everyone else. Right. (laughs) And she's just like turned into tippy head at the end of the birds, like can't even do anything. And I'm just like. You had an encounter with one zombie. All these other people had encounters with like 10, 20, 50. And she's just like playing with a doily on the couch and (laughs) afraid of somebody lighting a cigarette. Like, what was her problem? I chucked it up to her being in shock. It was like, okay, so that's where she is. But she seemed to be coming in and out of it and just like doing her, her own version of shock. Yeah. Like, there, I was waiting for her to, like, snap out of it, and it just never happened. Right. I thought for sure once Ben, like, hits her, I'm like, finally, she's going to snap out of it. And I'm like, oh, no, now she's just going to have, like, a bruise on her face, I guess, or whatever. To be fair, he, she did slap him first. And he was yeah. like, okay, if she's getting physical. <laughs> just, let's have nappy time. Yeah. But it didn't help. And we're definitely, I mean, this is dipping way into character, but I do think that was my biggest problem with the pace was the scenes, particularly when it was either just her, like between when Johnny died and when Ben finally shows up. And then even when it was just her and Ben, I'm just like... It was so awkward. Yeah, and it's like, I get that she's in shock. I get that this is a terrible thing that happens. Like, okay, like I, I get it, but at what point are you going to snap out of it? Never? Okay, like... Yeah. Where's a good sheer slap when you need it? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was my biggest problem with the pace. That's why I got a 4.5. It's pretty much just because of Barbara. Yeah, I kind of scribbled Barbara's name <laughs> all across this grid because I'm like... Yeah, she kind of lost the movie a lot of points. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I did give, for those... 
uh, more negative, or at least, I mean, those uh, world-building and exhibition and pace both got within the meets expectations range for me. So I think fell below expectations, but by far the highest thing for me within this was the genre cliches, tropes, and twists, which I gave a perfect 10. Same here. I mean, how can you not? It created the genre. And, and out of nothing, like, you like you know, you can look at, like, the superhero genre, and it's like, okay, well, they had the comic books to draw on. And even the comic books, like, okay, they drew on, like, the Scarlet Pimpernel from the 1800s. Like, there's always something to go back on. And with this, it's like, I mean, yeah, like I said, there's, like, the 50s paranoia horror elements in there, and, like... You know, I guess there's, like, the zombie from Haitian, but that's not even, like, like, these aren't, it's not the same thing. Like, that's just kind of the term we've given these, and that's not even a term that was used in this movie. So it's, like, it's, I don't know, it's just, I mean, still not completely out of nowhere. We have ghouls, we've had mummies, that's a dead person coming to life, I guess. So, I mean, it's not totally out of nowhere, but then, like, the cannibalism aspect, where did that come from? That's... From George Romero's Twisted Mind. Exactly. And His like, beautiful Twisted Mind. <laughs> exactly. And, like, the only way to kill it is to shoot it in the head or burn it. Like, that's pretty specific. Like, there's just so many specific little details. That's like, man, this has persisted for 50 years, all starting with this movie. I just, I love it. I was really excited to review this movie because I just, I love genre. And that was... Easily the, the most fun aspect of this movie is, is just seeing this, the seed of the beginning. Yeah, and it's not easy to make a zombie super terrifying because yeah. they do move so slowly. They don't talk necessarily. Maybe, I know like some, some like iZombie, clearly they sure. talk on, on iZombie and yeah. things like that. But like, not typically. And to make it that terrifying, something where you feel like you can't outrun it, and to make it an interesting plot. Yeah. Because so much about, about zombies, and it really started with this movie, is that, like, it's not just the zombies that are scary. Like, it's the, the disintegration of society and, like, what happens when these strangers are thrown together and have to learn how to survive together and do they turn against each other. That's definitely explored in much greater detail in, you know, more modern zombie like that's the biggest part of zombie mythologies modern zombie mythologies and i find that really interesting i kind of wish this movie had a little bit more of that but considering it you know this is the the infant of the genre it's still it's impressive that it even had that in there yeah even if it had just a little bit less of it that would still give that impression yeah one thing that i did find a little bit disorienting even though it's purely from like a retrospective looking back on this early genre thing kind of way it was really odd seeing zombies use weapons that's something that's definitely dropped out of the like like it's like in the very beginning like it that zombie looks around finds a rock picks it up uses it to smash the window I'm like zombies aren't supposed to be that smart yeah. like they, they don't know how to break things they just hit things until something happens I don't know it was just something I found interesting like it was just like well that's something that's been phased out <laughs> yeah and they seemed more mobile or like yeah, more sure. flexible maybe is the word to go with yeah than like more recent versions of zombies yeah because I feel like even like zombie movies from the 80s they were basically like one step, next step, right? Yeah, left foot, yeah, <laughs> right foot, <laughs> yeah. So that was like an adjustment period to be like, oh, okay, got it. They're just slightly slower, which is fine because I mean it's an early form of the genre. Things change. It was just 
interesting. All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to add for writing plot and genre? I think I've said everything I wanted to say on plot and genre. All right. What was your final score? Was a 6.8 exceeds expectations. Very close to mine. I gave it a 6.9 exceeds expectations. Oh, nice. Pretty excited about this next character or this next category, writing characters, which for this movie could also be just called Barbara's the Worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Who knew that it wasn't necessarily the living dead that was going to be everyone's downfall? Barbara was everyone's downfall. Right. I mean, she was just the worst. And really, I mean... It's a tie between her and Harry. Which one was Harry? He was the angry bald guy who kept okay. being like, get in this cellar, get in this cellar. Yeah, the one who, who looked not like Paul Shear, but the other guy that everyone always gets mixed up with Paul Shear. Yes. Rob Corddry, maybe? Rob Corddry, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't great, but at least I felt like... Like, he was archetypical in a way that's like, okay, this kind of feels believable. I feel like people are stupid and angry and, you know, that division between people that I was talking about before was like, oh, it's us against them. Like, so even though it was archetypical and even though he was just overly stupid, it was kind of like, okay, I guess I kind of get this. Barbara, I didn't even get. It was just like, I mean, she was the archetypical helpless woman you know like which was particularly an archetype in the 60s unfortunately like not even a damsel in distress because like she was not in any more distress than anybody else so even that tagline doesn't quite or that archetype doesn't quite fit but just the like I don't know I just feel like I've seen that in so many movies from like the 60s and earlier of like the the woman who just faints constantly and screams all the time and stares wistfully into the distance because she's in such shock and it's just like oh just snap out of it yeah like even Shelley Duvall in The Shining like she's constantly screaming and flailing but she has that you know self-preservation instinct going on yeah and she's like I can scream and run from the psycho exactly (laughs) Barbara is just like where are the car keys right (laughs) Johnny has the car keys. We have to wait for Johnny. Which if she had been in it less, maybe? Like, I don't mind. Or if, or maybe if the cast had been a little bit larger. Like, yeah, having somebody who goes kind of crazy from all the stress or whatever could be interesting. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just something I've seen so many times. And there was not enough trauma. To, I mean... Yes, it was traumatic. Like, she saw her brother be murdered, and then a dead person came back to life and tried to kill her. Like, yeah, well, that's pretty awful, but, like... But she's, like, fully in denial of him being dead. Like, no, 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 he, he's he's just in the cemetery. He's probably napping. And I understand this I part know. of the grieving pro- is, like, denial, but, like, look out the window. Right. <laughs> probably... Probably probably can't save him at this point. Yeah. And they just, like, wouldn't let that point go. Right, yeah. They didn't let her just... grow beyond that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything in this category got pretty bad scores. I'll say that the highest score for me within this category was Dialogue, which I gave a 4.52. Oh. And that was my highest. I may have been too lenient. (laughs) Like, my lowest was for Character Inner Needs, which I gave a 3 because of Barbara. Yeah. Because, again, they just, like, focused way too much on that. And I'm like, 
Like, what's happening? What are we doing? Right. Well, and even the other characters, like, the, I'm so bad I don't remember anybody's names, but I guess Harry and his wife, Judith? Helen. Oh, who was Judith? Wasn't Judith? Judith uh, was oh, the was... barbecue. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, what the boyfriend or husband's name was, but... I don't know. Barbecue seems like a good name. Um, so Bar- Barbie and Quentin. <laughs> we had... I already forgot. Helen and Harry... Mm-hmm. Like and they have like this kid like that should be their biggest. It wouldn't even be an emotional need, just more of like a side outer goal or something. Like they should have been way more concerned about that kid. And they were like just upstairs visiting with the adults while their kid was dying downstairs. And I'm like, I don't have any kids, but I have a niece. And if my niece was even just like had a broken leg, and like I knew she was gonna be fine, but she was in pain. I would not leave her side for a second. And you're trying to tell me that these both of these parents would just leave their kid who's been, like, attacked and has a fever and is not responsive. And they're just like, yeah, I, mean, she's, I don't understand what's happening. I'm sure she'll be fine. She just has a fever. Whatever. We're going to go now. I'm like... That was interesting, yeah. Yeah, like, there's just... There's no way. And, like, through it all, Helen was calm, cool, collected. yeah. Like, oh, did she ask about me? Like, that's what she said. Now, I didn't even catch that until just now. Like, she goes down to check on the kid, and I don't even think she asked. How is she? Is she doing all right? The first thing she was, did she ask about me? Or did she ask for me? She's like, no, she's not responsive. Hmm, that's so weird. What's wrong what a heavy you? sleeper. <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting ensemble, to say the least. I did really like Ben. I'll give this category that. Yeah, basically Ben, Ben alone like saved most of these um, character scores. Yeah, well, he didn't really save any scores. <laughs> like I said, the four point five was the highest for me. Yeah, I mean the the biggest ones for me: character development and character arcs. I couldn't justify giving. The, I gave him ones. I gave both of those a one. I almost gave a zero, but that seems too harsh. But, like, there was no character... Like, I feel like we didn't learn anything about these characters. They didn't seem to... There was just very little... There was... Like, I basically judged, like, the character arcs, um, the character development, all that stuff, off of... In the context of what this movie was and is across the genre, I'm like, okay, so the, the point is always to survive the zombie attack. Yeah. Did they survive? No. But they kind of tried... Yeah. So I gave it like fives and sixes for those. Okay. And was okay that they didn't actually have personalities beyond, you know, sitting on a couch smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I think I'm just, like I said at the top, I said I wouldn't reiterate it, but here I go reiterating it. I really tried not to look at it from a modern viewpoint. But I think especially for characters, like, I really like The Walking Dead. I'm not caught up on it. Like, I don't. It's one that, like, once every couple of years I'll binge watch and get caught up. And it's, I mean, it's a soap opera with zombies. I'm fully aware of that. But it's fun. And it focuses so much on the inner needs of these characters. Like, it's all about, like, getting have 
Carol, who is all like season one stuff, so there's no spoilers, but like, there's like Carol, who like is in an abusive relationship, and then the zombie apocalypse happens, and her abusive husband dies, and now it's like, oh, now I have independence, now I can take care of myself and protect myself, and I have to do those things to survive, and it becomes all about this emotional need to survive that she had within this relationship that is now connected to this outer goal of needing to survive because there's zombies about to kill you. Like it's, and it's like every character has a story like that and I love it. And then you have a movie like this where I'm like, there's no emotional goals. There's no, and it's a very contained movie and it's where it plants all the seeds. Like I was saying. So I, I know I'm being unfair, but that's kind of where I came from. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know if it is, but <laughs> I think it's unfairly judging it with a modern eye, but... I mean, I think it's okay to ask more about the characters' past needs, whatever, especially when they give so few details, which yeah. I was okay with, but I was also very aware that like the writer was probably more focused on other aspects of the movie and not yeah. like, who is Ben? Sure, yeah. What does a Helen do? Sure, yeah, I get it. I don't know. I think the reason I I felt okay being harsher on these categories is when I realized that Rosemary's Baby came out the same year. Sure. I'm like, okay, it is... It's possible. Yeah, and it's it's not strictly looking at it with a modern eye because this is a contemporary to that movie and look how character-driven that. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I remember it very much so being about characters and and inner needs and, and a character study type thing and a social commentary, which zombie movies usually are. Mm-hmm. And especially coming out in 68 and having a Black lead character, like, I feel like there was potential for a social commentary there. And I don't know if that every horror movie has to be a social commentary, but... I don't know. There could have been more. No, I agree on that. Yeah. Something more. Yeah. I was hoping for that too. Just being like, is there going to be, Oh, nope. He's dead. Okay. Yeah. Which is okay. That like everyone died in this movie because it's a zombie attack and they're all in a tiny house. Like, yeah. The odds weren't on their side. Yeah. And like, like I said, I love the ending, but I just, I don't know, I really thought there was going to be more of a social commentary. It didn't have to be a social commentary based in civil rights. That's just what comes to mind because of the time period and because it's so unusual to have a Black lead character in the late 60s. Like, that wasn't done, really, unless it was, like, look who's coming to dinner or something. You know, like, that wasn't... Yeah, and, like, maybe the social commentary was just in that last moment where, like, he's the only character who dies not because of the zombies, but because the police shoot him. I mean, I think that's looking at it from more of a modern eye, maybe. I mean, maybe not. It's not like that's a new issue. Yeah, except during the 60s, there was the huge civil rights movement. Right, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's at least interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I do love the ending. Like, it just... I don't know, the, the cavalier nature of, like, there's another one, let's let's go get them. It's like, but it wasn't another one, that was a person. And, and they just, I don't think they would have cared if they found out he was a person. It's like, meh. Yeah, like... Shot in the crossfire, whatever, like... I was waiting for that moment of, like, acknowledging, like, oopsie doops. Yeah. Yeah, you would think once I saw him holding the gun, like, well, I guess I saw him use huge weapons in this one, so that may not be a red flag. 
Or maybe the deterioration or something, something. Something, yeah. I feel like the writing was more focused on, like, having characters and less, like, who are these people? Yeah, it's definitely... I feel like I already said that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a premise-driven and a... I don't even know if I could call it a plot drive. I think it's just a premise driven. Like, look at this premise no one's ever thought of before. Let's experiment. And for what it was trying to do, it, it worked great. Because look at this 50 years later and we're still talking about it. We're talking about this show that's been on for like seven seasons that's based on a comic book that's been going for however many years that all comes back to this one movie that invented the genre. And not to mention all of the other movies that all the other things that aren't The Walking Dead. It's not like that's the only other zombie thing. Like, there's, there's tons of stuff. Eye Zombie, you mentioned earlier. Like, there's there's so many. With Santa Clarita Diet, which isn't really oh my zombies. Goodness. But like, there's so many different directions it's been taken to. I feel it's the premise of, like, a zombie virus. Yeah. Although, isn't it? It's like a mutation in this one, isn't it? Like, from the radiation, I thought? Maybe. I don't know. I guess it's essentially oh, the same Oh, yes. Thing. Radiation, yes. Yeah. It's all, like, like it wouldn't where it is without this film without Romero's yeah yeah um vision yeah yeah because I know a lot of like horror directors that aren't in the zombie genre looked at his films for inspiration and like went in their own ways and like used his techniques used his whatever's and that was a very clear sentence you're welcome (laughs) so it's that weird balance of like this did so much but it also, like, failed to do so much at the same time. Yeah. And I do feel bad faulting it for not doing those things. I'm like, I don't even think it was trying to do those things. And yet I kind of feel like it would have benefited if it did try. Especially with characters. Like, any That's... movie that ignores characters is, is, is like a stab in the heart to me. Because I love characters. And I'm like, there's no reason to ever sacrifice that. I don't care how high concept the premise is. You can still have strong characters. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so that summarizes my feelings for this category, I think. Oof. So what was your what was your highest score? I don't think I asked that yet. It was a six. And that was for development and likability. Again, okay. basically Ben. Yeah. And... I guess just introducing a lot of characters later into the film, which some of them were okay people, yeah. sort of. Basically, my, my feeling on this whole category is just a shrug. Yeah, I gave character likability a four. I was going to give it even lower. And I'm like, I did really like Ben, but I hated Barbara. The parents of the kid were unlikable because they just ignored their kid the whole time and... The young couple that got barbecued weren't really in it that much. And Ben was the only character I cared about. And I couldn't really call it meets expectations if I only care about one of seven. I was probably... I really feel bad. I think I was too harsh in this category. And yet, I'm not going to change it. I don't think you need to. I think (sighs) I was just very lenient and generous with points when maybe I should not have been. (laughs) I mean, I think you were also likely doing a better job of of looking at it in context where I was particularly I think I did a better job in other categories but for this one especially I was I was definitely looking at it with a modern eye and I just couldn't turn it off uh is there anything else you want to add for for writing characters I 
Oh, I really don't. You wouldn't want to give my final score. It's so low. What was what was your final score? A 5.2. Okay. Meets expectations. Mine is, I feel really bad. I was really hard on it. The, bad, the writing was terrible. Yeah. I, I just, apparently, it, it scratched an itch I had. Yeah, I, I gave it a 2.7. Good. Was, Put that movie in its place. I know, it's below <laughs> expectations. And I think it's interesting that you you used the phrase "it scratched an itch" because the whole time I was thinking, I was like, "Man, like I feel like when I get the urge to watch like zombie things, I'm like I go to The Walking Dead, like and that scratches an itch for me." And I feel like I'm like, "Oh, this is like the bug bite that caused the itch," <laughs> and then like later things are like yeah. what satisfied. Like it's like a weird. That's not quite. A good I get metaphor, it. but like that's that was like how I was connecting the dots in my head of like, oh, this caused the itch, and then other better things like scratch the itch. Um, but yeah, so I gave it a two point seven, largely from looking at it from a modern point of view, which I really tried not to do, and I just had a hard time with this category. I mean, even looking at it. When it first came out, like you're saying, like there's Rosemary's Baby, there yeah. were movies that came out decades before that were far superior in the with with the way they wrote characters. That's right. I mean, even Psycho, that was eight years before this, and and really did a good job with characters. So yeah, that's that's true. I feel a little better now. All right. Okay. Good job, team. Yeah. All right. This next category, I was I was much more generous on because I, I think I was able to look at it. Oh, it was so know. good. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so good. This is, uh, of course, leading into the acting and casting. Another category where, where Barbara's kind of the worst. Um, but, <laughs> you know, this is definitely a category, though, where I'm like, you know what? Ben saved it in a lot of ways. I, and Johnny. Like, those two. Like, even though Johnny was in it for, like, five minutes. Yeah, he was great. And even Barbara in those scenes was great. It's just once he died... She just turned into an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I like Johnny a lot. Like he had he has the most iconic line delivery in this movie. That's true. Do you want to repeat the line for the I mean <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> when they get to the cemetery, it's the beginning of the movie and they see the guy who's like looming over and at a different like headstone. I'm painting the scene apparently. <laughs> and he's like joking, like, oh, clearly he's gonna get you. Like, Barbara, he's going to get you. <laughs> Barbara, he's coming for you. <laughs> and of course he literally does. That's true. And it was just like he knew how to deliver those lines. Yeah. And besides him and Ben. It felt like every other actor was just like, eh. Yeah. These are words on a page. It felt like they were George Romero's friends. Absolutely. That's what I thought for quite a few. uh, Like the um, news reporter, police chief, like a lot of those characters. I'm like, whose friend were you? Right. (laughs) Are you still friends? And I think it was a lot of, like all of the producers were, like I think one of the, I think the newscaster on the, I don't remember if it was the TV newscaster or the radio one, but one of them, I think, was a producer on the movie. Like, they literally just... I mean, it was a super indie movie. I think they did pretty much just get... I mean, the main actors they they cast, like, they were like, 
theater actors from like their local city, I think. Oh, that explains so much because it yeah. felt so much like that too. Yeah. Like, especially with like Henry and Bobby, Billy, I don't know. Um, like with those two and like, I guess Judith, it felt like they were doing yeah. a local stage production. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are we shouting this much? Right. Yeah. <laughs> are we projecting for the cheap seats or are we just, have we lost control of our voice? Right. We use indoor voices. Yeah. I know it's the apocalypse, but like, it's really bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just use indoor voices for like a moment. I feel like I got way off topic. <laughs> That's all acting and casting. I will say pretty much everything got between, uh, let's see, everything was between a 4.5 and a 6. So right in that meets expectations range for me, except for extras, which I had to give pretty high. Largely, and this, this of course, is mostly coming from the directing, but I, I gave the extra points to the to the extras because this movie, like, defined the way zombies should walk in movies. And it's been tweaked a bit. Like I said, they're a lot slower now and, you know, a lot stiffer. There's more specific things they do, but, like, this, this started a lot. And they had a decent amount of extras for a super indie movie and all those super iconic shots of just the, like mini horde whatever we want to call it coming towards the farmhouse like that was all great um so so i had to give some bonus points somewhere so i gave it to extra so 8.5 for extras oh wow yeah i i went pretty high because i felt like i felt like it deserved a boost if they those extras did a lot for for film history (laughs) so even though I, i mean it was all george romero but like I said, gotta give the point somewhere, so. Well, I'm the one that went super low on that one. I give extras a five. I, re- I feel like I recall seeing a few extras just look directly into the camera. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that, too. And I'm just like, if that's all you have to do, just stand there and just kind of, like, walk slowly. Just divert your eyes a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, yeah, that, that got the same score as secondary characters. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that balances it out or something. Because I feel like secondary characters should have gotten less than a five now that I'm looking at it and thinking about it more. But I actually also gave secondary characters a five. Mostly because I just felt like anybody could have played these characters. Literally anyone. Literally. And again, the only one I gave casting main characters a six, which was just because of Ben. I keep calling him Ben. I should have looked up. In fact, I didn't even introduce this movie. I keep forgetting to do that. Oh, well, what's done is done. It's George Romero. That's all you need to know for this movie. Let's be real. But I do want to find Dwayne Jones. Okay, that took way too long. But yeah, so Dwayne Jones. Now we've established that. Because I did think he did a really good job. Like, everyone else, I was like, anybody could have done that. And a lot of people probably could have done a better job. And people, I mean, it's not like it was, like, the best performance ever. It should have won all these awards or anything. But, like, it held up. He tried. Yeah, and, like, and I felt like... Like, he made the character likable, and, and he had, he just had a good presence, like, a good charisma to him. And he just felt like, like, had this been a different type of zombie story, he would have been a good, like, leader of this renegade group of people that are going to survive. Unfortunately, the story ended with this renegade group of people dying in the first day of a zombie apocalypse. But that's 90% of people in a zombie apocalypse. So... Yeah, and, like, for 20 or 30 minutes of the movie... Ben's character is basically a contractor. <laughs> yeah. 
And like, if you don't have, you know, a grasp on the character or at least, you know, acting skills, it's going to look really flat and boring to just be hammering away. But he made, he brought something to it. I think so too. Yeah. Like, so even like those scenes where he's hammering for 40 minutes. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like, a little bit it was, but it wasn't just like, can we move on from this now? He made those scenes watchable. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, so this this category, a, a lot of the subcategories would have gotten a lot lower, but he boosted it up quite a bit because I, I thought he did a really good job and I liked his, his performance and just what he brought to the table. There was like a calmness that he brought that no one else had because everyone else was like a hysterical 10. Yeah, yeah. And that really helped balance it out. He was like, can we have diversity with like our, our, our reactions? And yeah, not everyone has to be like, about to lose their mind like we can all we can take turns yeah <laughs> we can get grounded again it's okay yeah yeah that's just it's such a it's so difficult to talk about these things because it's like there were two people that did well and like 10 that did poorly yeah was there anything else uh specific you wanted to talk about within acting and casting okay so i do just have to mention my second or third favorite line okay it was at the very end when the news report Oh, goodness. I think it was a police chief who was asked by the news reporter, are they slow moving? <laughs> and the police chief, just very blase, was just like, yeah, they're all dead. They're pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going town to town, mowing down anything that's moving, basically. And that's your takeaway? <laughs> That's your soundbite. And they're pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great, too. Well, what was your, unless there's anything else you wanted to add, what was your total score? My total was a 5.3. All right. Uh, mine was a 5.8. Well, a little bit on the higher end of meets expectations, but seems about right. All right. So that's going to bring us to cinematography lighting. This one was really hard for me overall because it's definitely one where I just had to constantly remind myself like this was a really low budget yeah like that this was lo- and low budget in the 60s is different than low budget now because like low budget now you still have but like you don't have film like low budget means most of your budget is going to the film itself <laughs> you don't have much money for anything else so and that's not like now you have digital so you you know you have all this other money to spend elsewhere um mm-hmm. so, so i really was trying to keep that in mind but then i was also thinking of all of the other things shot in and around i mean 68 that's like like my favorite era of filmmaking is like the new hollywood or hollywood renaissance or second golden it's got a lot of names but it's like like 67 to 77 ish somewhere in that like 10 range late 60s to late 70s so there's no, there's no good excuse for it to like to fail in any category. I mean, I mean they do have the excuse of being low, but I mean George Romero did like everything himself. Like he was the. It's not enough. He was the cinematographer. He was the director. He was co-writer. He was the editor. Like he did everything. Not coffee runs. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> Like, so, I don't know. But the cinematographer, I still gave, actually, pretty good scores. But not as good as I was hoping. The highest, easily, was Mood. 
I thought that it did a pretty good job with like the super harsh shadows and everything of like being like, oh, this is ominous. You can't see everything. And but like half the time I'm like, I can't even tell what time of day this is. I feel like I couldn't see details you were supposed like it's not that things were intentionally put in shadow. It was just that it was poorly lit and it didn't look particularly aesthetically pleasing like the beauty got pretty low i mean it's a zombie movie it's not supposed to be beautiful but relative exactly um so it's just really it missed the mark in a lot of ways but i gave mood a seven yeah basically everything for me got a seven down the line there was i think beauty got a six just because like you were saying like not everything that we were supposed to see was visible that was kind of a big thing it's just like it was more distracting than anything, and I'm like, well, but but even then, it's I liked the what they were, what they did, and like how they worked with what they had to do, because like yeah. filming at night is hard, and like creating that environment where it's already dark, so you yeah. can't have like extra light coming in from the windows and stuff. And if anything, it was maybe a little too bright inside. It felt like hospital lighting, just like super bright. I'm like, this is a tiny house. How does it? How many light fixtures are in here? <laughs> yeah. But also, I liked it, so. Well, there you go. I think this might be one of our bigger discrepancies. Uh, what was your, did you say you gave sevens to everything? Se- uh, sevens. Oh, and then the six. Yeah, or... and then the six. Okay, so what does that average out to? A 6.8. And I gave it a 4.8. Still meets expectations. I didn't think anything was like, well, I was going to say I didn't think anything was bad, but. Beauty and realism both got fours, which does go below expectations. I just didn't, I don't know. Like, I like the grittiness of it, I guess. Like, it definitely, (laughs) see what I did there? Um, So, yeah, I liked that aspect, but what it felt like to me, and I fully realize that what I'm about to say is because this movie influenced the things I'm about. Like, I know I'm talking in circles and, like... But all I could think of when I watched it is like, I feel like I've seen so many parodies of this where like, you know, an artsy high school person or like a, you know, college person makes an art film and it's like a short horror film. And it's basically just that, like the black and white, stiff acting, cannibalism, like all those. The buzzwords. I guess. And I know it started with this, and yet, like, all I could think of were all these, like, parodies that I've seen, um, which did, I guess I really didn't do as, very, as, good, as good of a job as I as I wanted to, as I hoped I would, of, of filtering out my modern perspective. Um, but at least I'm aware of it, I guess. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, had, and I, th- I do think, again, what, what helps me rationalize the harsh scores is thinking about the other things that were made like you have like rosemary's baby is the, is a great example within the horror genre and you know psycho if you want to go to something that's black and white that was eight years before that and those had huge budgets relatively speaking so like i know it's a give and take but it just didn't meet my expectations and that's what counts <laughs> I, I suppose so but still still averaged out to to meet expectations so I'm okay with that. All right. Was there, I guess we gave our final scores. Was there anything else you wanted to add? I should have asked before. I feel like you already touched on this a bit, but I was just like waiting for that one shot where the lighting was really cared about. And I just to get some iconic shot or something. Yeah. And you just don't really get that with the lighting. And especially because of 
I don't know. There's already the harsh lighting or harsh contrast of like super bright inside, super dark outside, and there wasn't any great like shadow effects. Yeah. So that was a bummer to not get that. But like I said, the lighting works in this movie. So. Yeah. It does just seem like a shame with the black and white. Like you can do so many interesting things with the, like I said, the harsh contrast and things like that. And it just. I mean, that's basically the entirety of uh, Nosferatu is just like. Yeah. Those harsh contrasts, those harsh shadows, and absolutely, yeah. It's just like, can we get like a little bit of that here? Like just a little <laughs> something, like I don't know. Something, yeah, exactly. All right, well, I guess that's going to bring us to cinematography, camera work, and this one, I don't really have much to say, honestly. I gave everything between a four point five and a six, so right in the meets expectations range. I wanted to, I think, I think similar to what you were saying about like wanting that, that iconic shot. I was really waiting for that. And I felt like there were just so many missed opportunities. And again, that's got to be looking at it from a modern point of view of like, oh, I know what to expect with a zombie movie. And this didn't really have those because it wasn't really a zombie movie. It's just a horror movie that was introducing these new things. But I don't know, it felt a little flat to me. That's fair. It, and yeah, I totally agree, but I also gave everything a, gave sevens down the line. Okay. The way I approached it was Romero avoided like having weird, awkward close-ups of the, the uh, zombies. That's or, true. Or the undead. And I feel like that was such a big thing before this. In similar films was that they would focus too long on a close-up of a zombie. And it looked like it looked silly or like... Zombie was like stumbling around, being like, "Oh, I have like ten minutes to kill before the person comes out of the house." <laughs> what do I do? I stand here. Yeah. And at least, like, what we see on the film is at least useful information. It might not be great information or detailed information, but it's at least more useful than I don't know throwaway shots. And I feel like in, in a film like this, it's very easy to do and to take it more seriously and like have it more focused on escaping than the, the monster. I don't know. I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. How about you? I know you already went into this a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was pretty much not consistent scores down the line, but all all within the meets expectations range. Um, it averaged out to a 5.2, so pretty right down the line. I don't know, it just, I, I think it's more just what I find aesthetically pleasing was, was lacking in this. So it's not that it did anything wrong or anything bad. It's just not what I want to see. I think I'm like, I don't know, there's so many other things it could have done. But yeah, I don't know, it just... It missed the mark for me. I mean, not completely. Like I said, it, you know, everything was in the meets expectations range. It was fine. It just didn't, didn't exceed expectations for me. All right. So your, uh, your total came out to a seven for that one. It sure did. All right. Uh, so this next one is going to be an interesting one to talk about. <laughs> it's going to be editing and special effects. This one is another one I didn't give super strong scores to. Um, I didn't give it as low as I maybe should have because I really tried to be like, like this is such a such an independent movie, such a low budget movie. 
And this is before digital felt like this is hand cutting, you know, frames of extremely expensive film. You can't just go reshoot stuff. So you've got a very limited amount of stuff to cut. Like I get it. However, exactly. However, I mean, there's things like at one point we both like, we're like, Like, there's just a blatant jump cut in them. It was just a scene and like a chunk of frames were just taken out. And who knows, maybe some of that was, like, the restoration. Maybe the original film just got damaged. But I've got to think this movie is, has been popular for long enough that, like, you know, it's not like this was a silent film where that's really common. Like, I, I can't imagine that's what happens. Um, but I guess it's hard to tell. I don't know, but it was definitely, it was like a, ooh, yeah, there was a jump cut and not an intentional one. And it was, like, such a weird shot anyway. Yeah. It was... When, like, Henry and, no, Harry and Helen were, like, going up or down the cellar stairs. And it was a weird angle. And all of a sudden, like, it's seconds later. and Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, yeah, so that in and of itself knocked a few of these categories down. And Pace took a little bit of a hit for pretty much the same reasons as um as writing it's just that first act was was wrong which was mostly the fault of the writing but i feel like it could have been trimmed down a little in post and, and it could have fixed some of those issues and that's not what happened or if it is what happened they didn't do it enough yeah, it would have been interesting to see if this was more like a 45 minute film or yeah. like 50 minutes rather than like 90 yeah. I feel like there was like a lot of extra stuff that didn't really add anything. Yeah, absolutely. So it'd be interesting if there was ever like a, a shorter cut of it. That would probably be a much better movie. Just Barbara is totally cut <laughs> out. I was going to say, just pretend like she died in the beginning. <laughs> I was ex- I was certain that she wasn't going to make the, past the first like 15 minutes. I thought for sure she was going to die and maybe Johnny was going to live. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not what happened. Johnny has the keys. I did give the highest category for me on this, and I'm fully aware that these were all practical, but special effects I gave a six to, which was my highest for this. Oh. Oh. Were you low? Is it because of the TV? I went higher. Okay. One of the reasons I went lower yeah. was because of the TV, which... Again, I know it's low budget. I know they did the best with what they had, but then just stick with the radio if that's the best. <laughs> like, it was so distracting. But I did, I mean, there were, like, people on fire, and that looked great, and just fire in general is crazy hard to film. So, like, those kind of effects um, were really, and we'll get a little more into the aesthetics as well, because, like, the monster makeup and stuff was was great, especially for being the first of its kinds. I don't know, since so many of the effects were were practical, I gave the, the aesthetics Spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, more of a boost than special effects. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I did, particularly for the fire, that's really what gave it the boost. And it would have been higher. It would have been probably a 7 or an 8 if the TV just hadn't been in it or hadn't been in it as much. Yeah. Because it was just so blatantly just an overlap and it was not a good one. And yeah, I could have done without that. I basically agree with a lot of what you're saying. My scores are just higher (laughs) fair enough like they're all between like sixes and sevens and i basically just was like yeah a lot of these things aren't great but it's also low budget and that makes it harder to get editing and special effects and 
all that stuff done well and horror movie which are notoriously poorly edited or have like weird special effects weird stuff going on yeah um and they had far more issues with like the sound than editing and special effects and so like that basically took all the hits that's fair all right well what was your total score then for editing and special effects unless there's anything you wanted to add i think i'm happy with the few notes i gave (laughs) um it came out to a 6.7 a 6.7 yeah i'm feeling really harsh on these (laughs) i gave it a a 4.5 which is the lower end of meets expectations. It's probably a little too harsh because I do realize that this was obviously like this was film editing. This wasn't it. There was no digital technology. It's not just that it was filmed on film. It was edited by hand, literally using scissors. Like I, I get it. And yet I guess I don't get it because I gave it pretty low. But. I mean, the mistakes they made weren't all small mistakes. Yeah, and I'm sure they were aware of it. Like, I don't think it's like, like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, I'm sure it's like, well, this is the footage we have. We got to do it, you know? So it's like, like, it's not, I don't blame the editor. I'm like, oh, this was a bad editor. It's like, well, it's, it, it, well the editor was George Romero. He did everything. So I guess it's all the same. All right. So I guess that's going to bring us to the sound category, which is not rated highly for me um you already hinted a little bit at at some of your scores was there anything that got got a high score for you or or anything that was higher than the others at least so i gave it basically sixes or fives which like for me that was really hard (laughs) because of like what this film is and the impact it's had and i was just like oh that's all so i guess i was looking at it through like at the very least, it's a decent film, and and but the two that were the the fives were sound effects, and then I guess score soundtrack. Okay, it was a very interesting choice. It just felt like a I don't know, sort of generic. It, it felt very very fifties sci fi generic, mm-hmm. which again just just screams War of the Worlds to me. Which I kind of get. It was actually scoring soundtrack was my highest, which still is not, which is also a five. <laughs> oh no! Um, and I feel like for me this is a harsh rating because usually I'm closer to like sevens and tens, and I rarely go like to the fives. So I feel like yeah. this is this is new territory for me. But like the sound effects were just real lazy. Oh yeah, half the time they weren't even there. No, and it's like what is supposed to be happening? Like when when Ben is attacking the zombies that are in the house mm-hmm. and outside, he has the tire iron and all you hear is. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm happy they didn't go like overboard, but like something. There were just, times... Was there contact? Is he just like threatening exactly. it? Yeah. There were times... Why I yada. <laughs> <laughs> there were times when I was confused about what was happening because like all you see is like like I think there was one scene where it was punching one of them or maybe he was hitting it like something was on the ground he was like clearly inches away yeah and it was just and and there was like no anytime anybody punched anything there was no there was no sound like it was like oh my are you that's not 
Yeah. I've never been in a fight, but I'm pretty sure it makes a little bit more sound than that. Like, it was like... It was like 80s video game sound effects. Boo, boo. That, 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 that level of, like, this doesn't fit. Right. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, and it just... It was like it was confusing at times, because I couldn't tell... I was like, is he missing? Like, like is he is he trying to hit and can't hit his mark? Like, what's happening? And it's like, oh no, they just didn't put in sound effects for some reason. Like, they, they forgot, didn't have money, I don't know. There was that. There was also a lot of times in the oh, last, like, 20 or so minutes, the sound just straight up was off. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then there was just the weird sound effects for when it was the, the zombie meal ASMR time. Yeah. It was... They, it was it was uncomfortable. I do keep trying to remind myself, like, super indie. Super indie in the late 60s was way different than super indie now. But still, like, the one thing that... And, and even now, it's something that, that super indie films... Uh, if they don't pay attention, they don't budget for it, and it's a disaster, like, you gotta pay attention to sound. Like, that's almost more important than, like, lighting. Like, if a movie sounds bad, you're screwed. Like, and this movie, I mean, I guess they weren't screwed because it made, like, 250 times its budget in theaters and is now one of the biggest influential, one of the biggest influences in cinema. There we go. So, I mean, it, it did a lot. And somehow... Somehow it was okay, but (laughs) it sounds cheap. It is a cheap sound mix. Absolutely, it does, yeah. I say that even, I I stand by my fives and six, and I stand by (laughs) what you're saying. That's fair, that's fair. I did get my lowest within this was sound effects, which I gave a two. I was really really upset by those sound effects. It was (laughs) was unsatisfactory to me. Just something would have been nice. Exactly. I did kind of like the the score, though. It was pretty generic and pretty specifically, like I said before, like generic in a, like, 50s sci-fi kind of way. But I kind of dug... I think maybe just because it was so retro, which it wouldn't have been particularly retro at the time... So again, looking at it with modern eyes is not or modern ears in this case. Uh, I don't know. I'm really trying to turn that off, and I'm doing a particularly bad job. I feel like I usually do a better job. Like when I do when Tristan and I do our X Files reviews, I'm always pretty good about being like, I know this was the '90s, so I'm gonna still give Hair a really high score, even though it looked awful. But it was the '90s, and they were styling. Like, yeah. I don't know, but maybe that's because I lived in the '90s and I wasn't alive in '68. So maybe that's a part of it. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I just thought of that. I don't know how much that has to do with it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. Just like, you know, there's only so many years back you can go of like movies just saw when they came out. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's hard to totally gauge, you know, or like mute those like later films and just yeah. focus on like the films around that time period. Exactly. I also missed, I didn't, I didn't dock any points for this because it's not its fault, but I did miss like the zombie, zombie noises. And oh, yeah. like there weren't any, I don't know, zombies didn't really make noise. I'm like, oh, I was expecting like. They were polite zombies. <laughs> yeah. It's good for my cat. She doesn't get, she doesn't like, 
She doesn't like the zombie noises. She gets very anxious when I watch The Walking Dead. Uh, so she was happier, but I don't know. I like the uh, the grunting or something to whatever. make to give that that impression that there's some sort of malice in them. Yeah, and not just kind of like, well, I'm just wondering. I'm doing my morning walk. Yeah, I also found it interesting. This is dipping way back into past categories, but they really seemed like they. They mentioned that they were cannibals, and you do see them eat the charred people. Charred people, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the, a lot of the zombies just seem to kill and then keep wandering. Like, when they killed Johnny, I was like, oh, she's going to get away because he just killed Johnny. Now he's going to eat Johnny. And I'm like, oh, no, he killed Johnny. Now he's getting up to chase her and kill her. He doesn't seem interested. So I'm like, dude, like, a part of me was like, they do zombies do eat people in this movie right that isn't something that came later and then finally like halfway through the movie like oh they're cannibals like there it is and then like the little girl like stabs her mom to death and then doesn't eat her i'm like but she does snack on the dad she did do that yeah maybe she was just full yeah making a meal for later exactly you have to ration out those meals (laughs) especially in an apocalypse situation yeah she's she she saw the memos she was like these are my preserves for later. <laughs> preserves. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, either way. They did have a lot of mason jars. Yeah, maybe she's going to go pickle mom later. Yeah. <laughs> that and would be amazing to see someone like walking, like a zombie back from the store with a card. <laughs> it's just like full of like vinegar and like all of your seasonings for pickling. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, what, was your, what was your total score for sound? It was a 5.6. All right. Uh, man, I'm feeling really mean over here. I give it a, a 3.8 below expectations for me. Yeah, and I totally see that, though. I yeah. totally get that. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. I really feel like I'm being so harsh. Like, I, I recognize this is a classic. It does a lot of things really well. But, man, I was really... I think I also just... I wasn't prepared. Like, I, <laughs> I've never really seen clips. Like, I... I knew the basic plot. I knew that it was like the first zombie movie. I knew the bare minimum, but I really didn't know much of anything going into this movie. And then I think I was a little bit shocked is the right word, but I was a little disappointed, I guess. Or I just, I just just thought it was going to deliver more than what you got from it. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was low budget. I knew it was indie. I knew it was horror. And, you know, that's going to make it pretty much a, a B movie or pulpy movie, especially in the 60s. So, I mean, I guess I had my expectations kind of in the right realm, but I don't know. Anyway, so moving on to something that got some higher scores for me, uh, aesthetics. What did you think about the aesthetics? I thought they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wasn't entirely blown away i was just i acknowledged them they were there (laughs) yeah what bothered me is that all i don't know all 20 of these people in this house (laughs) they kept coming they just there were just oh there's more people um they all like escaped the zombies to get to this house but no one's clothes are like super torn or like torn at all even barbara who was just like he grabbed me yeah and i'm like your your clothes are perfectly fine yeah at one point she even like sees blood dripping from the ceilings and i could have sworn it got on her hands and then she's wiping it on her clothes and it's not anywhere so i'm like i don't i don't know what just happened there it was one of those nice coats that repel liquids 
But yeah, between like that and like there were maybe like four or five strands throughout like all the characters, their hair was fine besides like four or five strands. Yeah. And I'm like, you've been running, you've been, you know, under very stressful situations. How is your hair fine? Yeah. Like the hairstyle you have is a very complex system of pulleys and pins. (laughs) How how is it okay still? What are your secrets? Yeah, I wasn't super super blown away by the by the hair either. I gave the hair just a five. I was like, yeah, yeah, it looked like late sixties hair. I did like I gave makeup a pretty high score because of all the zombie makeup and <laughs> costumes. This is a pretty silly uh, silly thing to give costumes for. I gave costumes a seven, largely because I totally get what you're saying about the main character's costumes, and I actually probably should have given it a little lower because I wasn't thinking about that. But I'm going to stick it with the seven because I really appreciated the extra, like the zombies, the things that they... Like, there was one guy just walking around in his boxers. And I'm like, this makes sense to me. Like, I mean, this is like the first day or something of the zombie apocalypse or relatively close to the first day. So it's not like... Like, if it had been going on for a while... Like, like Walking Dead, I keep going back to Walking Dead, but like I'm like, why are all of these zombies always fully clothed? Like, surely the clothes would start to disintegrate or get ripped off, or I mean, they didn't die wearing all their clothes. Like, why is everybody fully clothed? So I kind of appreciated this. I mean, there was even like one girl walking around naked, which yeah, it's the 60s. There's got to be somebody naked in a horror movie like that. I mean, it just kind of seemed like it had to be there, but I was kind of like, but I, but I kind of get it, and I kind of appreciate it weirdly. I appreciated that there wasn't more time spent on her. Yeah, I was a little worried. I was like, great, now how many times are we going to see the naked zombie? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that was it? Just one butt shot? Okay, that's that's fine. That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. It was an ensemble until she showed up in the thing. She always was leaping the zombies. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, she like basically walks by the camera, and then that's you kind of like see her in a few other shots, but not really. Um... Oh, I didn't even see her. Yeah, so I just... I appreciate it. I mean, there was, like, one lady in a bathrobe in the end scene yeah. when they're all in the farmhouse. Like, it just seemed like a, you know, just people just attacked in their houses when they were just doing whatever. People and... being undead people. Exactly. So <laughs> Wearing whatever they were wearing. I mean, it's true, though. So I, I gave seven for costumes, um, largely just because of all the zombie clothes I feel like that's something that's unfortunately been phased out, and now we just like everybody's just always fully clothed. No one's things. naked, and this needs to change, <laughs> or at least in pajamas yeah. or in just different kinds of clothes. Maybe someone's in a ball gown. Maybe someone died on their wedding day. I don't know. Like it just seems like there should be more diversity within the clothing or something. If yeah. it's just whenever people die, people don't always die. Yeah. In their everyday clothes. That's true. I, I didn't even really think that much about that, but... I thought a lot about it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting, like, I don't know, juxtaposition is of, like, the zombies and their diverse states of clothing and non-clothing and, like, tattered clothing. And then you have, like, the housemates that are just, like, perfectly dressed. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it and, is unfortunate that they didn't get... I don't know, a little more... Roughed up. Uh, yeah, something. Especially with their hair and makeup. Like, the whole dirt on their face, messed up hair. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah, like, she straight up falls in a grassy field. Right. In light clothes. I'm like, there's a grass stain. 
or at least something or like yeah barbara just doesn't even know how to be attacked properly <laughs> well even ben like he straight up was like beating people to death at close range or beating zombies to death at close range not a drop of blood on him i did notice that i i forgot about it when i was rating this category but i did notice that in the film i was like should he be pretty i guess blood on him or something come on or at least whatever substance they have if it's not blood if it or if it's like I suppose, yeah. dried blood or yeah powdery i don't know i'm something. not sure how the biology of these creatures work i mean it's pretty shortly after so even if like i'm like it will probably just be really thick coagulated blood i would imagine sounds like a fun time <laughs> yeah. yeah the two categories that got the sixes were the sets locations and props just because it all felt very realistic like the the sign to the cemetery had a bunch of mud on it and you had to like kind of like look at it twice to be like what's that say yeah it wasn't like a nice pristine cemetery sign and that kind of matched what was going on there and even like the house seemed kind of run down and but like not overly beat up but like like lived in but not like yeah absolutely i did give sets locations got an eight for me and then makeup got an eight and those were my two highest props i don't know didn't really do it for me i think mostly again man i really until i was talking about it out loud i I thought i was doing a pretty good job of, of filtering out my modern expectations but i think for props what i was really looking for is like okay where's all the weapons that they're gonna find and like they have the gun and there's a knife in there like there's a few things but i'm like I don't know, you, you expect certain things from a zombie movie, but of course you didn't when this came out because it was the first. So I don't know, but I just felt like a little something more there. Maybe that was unfair. I don't know. No, I'm just, I don't know. Like, nothing stood out as like, as a bad thing to me. Yeah. So I guess like that's how I came at it. I'm like, I'm making use yeah, of what's fair. there. And yeah. so I didn't really think too much, but like, what could they have had <laughs> that I would have liked to see? <laughs> I think part of the, I don't know if issue is the right word. But I think I, it is. <laughs> but I did just play the game Last Night on Earth with Tristan for the first time. in We used to play it like constantly. It's a zombie board game. It's really fun if anybody likes board games and zombies. Uh, it's a really good game. But, you know, you like pick up a bunch of different objects and it's very much so... It's essentially a zombie movie in the form of a board game. So it has all the like tropes and stuff. So I think I had that fresh in my mind as far as like, what kind of things are they going to find? Oh. <laughs> I was like thinking of the cards you draw gotcha. in that game. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't really find much. There were some keys and the shotgun or whatever kind of gun, rifle, I guess. I don't think it was a shotgun. And that was about it. I'm like, oh, I expected more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least they didn't, like, drop the weapons. That's true. Like, Ben loses the grip on the shotgun once because he's being attacked. Yeah. But he's not like, oh, there's no imminent danger. I'm going to put this down. Right, yeah. He was like, no, no, something is coming. Yeah. This is my new friend. <laughs> His name is Rifey. Yeah. Maybe if, like, they had gone to the that, like, barn first, maybe there just weren't that many tools stored in the house. I don't know. Yeah. Or they could have, like, made more use out of the hammer. Yeah, that's a good point. How dare this film? (laughs) It is surprising, because I feel like in a lot of the zombie movies I've seen, there's always one that, like, like a large knife or a saw, 
something that's a blade being used to decapitate a zombie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's not in this one. Like, yeah. no zombie get. There's no zombie de- decapitation. That's probably outside the realm of their budget and or capabilities, maybe? I would imagine that's quite a bit more expensive, or was quite a bit more expensive to do in 68 than now, but I don't know. Uh, So what was your, unless there's anything you wanted to add, what was your total score for aesthetics? Um, I gave it a 5.4. I finally won. I got a little higher than you on. (laughs) All right. I did a 6.6 on this one. Okay. Largely because of the, it was pretty much the the sets and then the the zombie makeup. Those were the two big things. All right. This next category, I feel like is actually going to be a pretty short one, even though there's probably entire essays written on it. (laughs) It's going to be impact on film. Um, and this one gets divided up into critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. And I'm just going to say right off the top, I gave all three tens. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think we've pretty much said in, in pretty much every other category, like this, this started everything yeah. for, I mean, critical impact, I thought about going a little bit lower because I know at the time it was not critically acclaimed. But nowadays, I mean... Critics might, I think, I think like us, like they're going to be like, okay, yeah, it had its issues, but Barbara, (laughs) but look at everything that it did. Like, I don't think there's a single film critic that is going to be unable to, to see, you know, the, I guess the audience cult impact and historical inspirational impact. Yes. And because they recognize that I, I felt okay giving critical impact a perfect 10 because no critic alive is going to not be able to recognize those influences exactly and and appreciate this movie for those influences yeah i had the same exact thought process for all three like especially the the critical impact because like romero and like horror that they go together very well yeah absolutely perfect hands for both of us anything else you want to add before we move on to overall enjoyment no. All right, that was a quick category. <laughs> um, so overall enjoyment. Did you enjoy this movie? I did very much so. I gave it a nine. Okay. I'm. I mean, like Romero's always been this like mythical figure that I've you know heard about from horror directors for like eighteen years of like that I've been paying attention to horror movies that yeah. much, and yeah, it's. It made sense. It it was it felt very I don't know. It felt big. It you know, it was silly in its ways and weird in its ways, but I mean it was the first big one. And now I kind of just like wanna go down the lane and watch the other like ten. <laughs> I do definitely Once I start a horror yeah. movie series, I have to go through it. Yeah. It's just like that like scratch. I'm like, I know it's bad, but Yeah. I mean like not poorly made when I say bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the acting's gonna be terrible they're probably gonna overuse blood gags but <sighs> I started this path yeah <laughs> only nine to go <laughs> yeah I'm definitely with you on wanting to watch more of them which is 
interesting though because I only gave overall enjoyment a five. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, and I and I do want to go through and be like, okay, I want to watch these other movies that started it all. Like, what else did he do within this genre? But I feel like the main reason I enjoyed this movie is from the genre aspect. Like, I love genre. Anyone who's listened to other episodes of this podcast, I talk about it a lot. And just being able to, to, I mean, it's very rare to be able to trace a genre back to the very beginning. And with this, it's very, it's like, there were not zombie movies until this movie. There were things kind of vaguely a little bit similar to it. But he really just single-handedly, one movie, bam, created a new genre. If or you subgenre, at least. If you will, he fleshed it out. <laughs> bum bum. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed it from that point. It was especially being a fan of The Walking Dead, which is the most current uh, modern example. Um, I guess aside from like, like I was saying earlier, I Zombie or Santa Clarita Diet, things that go in a little bit different direction. Yeah. Um, but you know, just being able to do like the comparison and contrast of like, oh, here's what, like, here's where The Walking Dead has taken it. Here's what people think of when they think of zombies now. Versus, like, oh, here's where it got started. Like, oh, they moved a little faster. They used weapons. They seem a little bit on the intelligent side. They aren't just focused on eating. They also seem to kind of enjoy just killing. Like, there's a lot going on. Yeah, they have several hobbies. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Possibly canning and preserving, you know. (laughs) I would watch that show. (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, eventually that's what happens on, like, Santa Clarita. I was literally just going to say, like, is it that much different than Santa I haven't actually watched it yet, but... I mean, she keeps the her meats in the freezer, so... That's a form of preserving them. But I guess the next step is canning. I mean, why not? Maybe she's just like, I need a new hobby. Right? Canning! <laughs> But yeah, so I gave it a five. Like it was, it was enjoyable from kind of a, a film nerd, horror nerd, genre nerd analysis kind of point of view. But as far as just sitting down to watch a fun movie, I'm like, nah, I just kind of want to watch more Walking Dead or, you know, some other zombie movie. Or at least like watching it more like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Of like yeah. being able to doing that kind of like comedic commentary on it. Yeah. It lends itself so much to that. It would be a fun one to just get kind of drunk and make fun of it. I really had to bite my tongue because I realized I started going down that route. It was hard not to. I, I think we both made jokes at a, a couple of points. It's just you need like that release with this movie. Like if you just keep it bottled up, it's going to be uncomfortable and unfun. And not in a great way. Right. All right. Well, on that note, did you give this movie any extra credit? I gave it one point. Okay. Not for Barbara the character, but for Johnny's Barbara lines. All right. Fair that enough. are coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> I just... It's its just such a good line. It's unfortunate that those are his last. Yeah. <laughs> Should have gotten back in the car. He had the car keys. <laughs> Oh, she was the worst. Yeah. Yeah, just the worst. <laughs> um, I I didn't give this movie any extra credit. I thought about giving it a point just for, like, the genre stuff. But I'm like, oh, that's already... I already gave it a high score in the genre subcategory for writing. 
and perfect tens down the line for influence on film. So just even for me, I love to double dip. It seemed it was like triple or quadruple dipping. It was a little too excessive. Um, and I couldn't really think of anything else. So I, I didn't give it any extra credit for this one. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> and also, it was hard to find. Yeah. Besides, like, you know, everything else. It's, like, I know I double dipped with the line delivery, but like, everything that it would get extra credit for, like, is already on the grid. Like, yeah. There wasn't anything really special beyond what we already covered. Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot going on, but it's all pretty specifically covered on the grid. Yeah. All right. Well, then on that note, uh, what was your total score for Night of the Living Dead? A respectable 68.3 exceeds expectations. All right. Uh, my, not quite as uh, big of a difference than I thought it would be, but still kind of significant. <laughs> I gave it a 55.3. Oh, wow. Pretty down the line for yeah. for meets expectations, which I feel is pretty accurate. This is pretty much what I expected from a late sixties low budget horror movie. Yeah, I was expecting a lot less. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, then on that note, was there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, I think I'm good. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. This was super fun. I'm glad we both finally got to see this movie for the first time and and talk about it. Uh, So that is going to wrap this up for Night of the Living Dead. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, October 1st, to be talking about... Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel Monday. That's going to be me and Tristan with Sammy and Brian talking about that one. I'm excited to get that posted. And uh, yeah, that should about do it. For more information on the grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's gritty films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y. You can also check out for any fans of the X-Files. You can check out the X-Files on the grid, which is a separate podcast that Tristan and I do. We're watching the show, talking about each episode using a similar but slightly different grid rating system. Um, and if you want to learn how you can help support Gritty Films, you can check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>